1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tonight's the night. Yes, I know we get the NFL schedule, but tonight, Game 6 in Philadelphia. The Celtics will look to stave off elimination against the Philadelphia 76ers in the East semifinals. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is he has been kind enough to break down the Celtics all playoff long with us, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Gary, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: Uh, Good. We're, uh, well, quite honestly, (laughs) we're tying ourselves into uh, mental knots right now over this team, The performance from Game 5, I know they've been here before, Gary. Can we put some real stock into that, that the Celtics and a lot of this group was in the same situation last year? Because I know just in talking to fans and Fourier and I chopping it up, it does feel a little different than last year.
2: Yeah, they feel a little bit more discombobulated than they did last year. The the Game 5 in Milwaukee, they lost at home. Uh, was just kind of a they, – they blew a, a late lead. So, however you want to lose. Like, do you want to lose how they sometimes lose or they blow a late lead like they did against Atlanta, or do you want to get blown out like they did against uh, Philadelphia in game five? Pick your, your your choice of losses. They came off a, a loss in that game last year where they, just, they blew a late lead, uh, and then they gave up like an offensive rebound by Bobby Portis between two guys and uh, put them ahead. So, it was a really demoralizing loss in itself. And then they go to Milwaukee – you're talking about Giannis and the guys, a tough place to play, a place they haven't had a lot of success, and Jason Tatum wins. You know, so it scores 46 points, and, and they win that game, and then it, it blow them out in Game 7. So I guess there's some hope and, and optimism when you look at that situation. you know. And then they came back, and they lost a the Game 6 at home. Obviously, you know when Jimmy Butler scored 47 points, and then they came back and won a Game 7 at Miami. So this team is capable of winning on the road. Uh, they won – They probably should have won both games, obviously should have won both games against Philadelphia earlier in the series uh, at Wells Fargo Center. So there's optimism, but you just don't know, guys, where this team is at mentally. They just don't seem mentally all together. It just seems like something is going on in that locker room. I don't know what it is. The casualness they came out with in game five. Some guys were upset. Other guys were more like, oh, we'll get them. We got another one to go. Like, it just doesn't seem like they're all on the same page. I think this could be the toll from this season and all the chaos early going, just kind of ha- taking its having its long term impact on them. Who knows? I'm sure some some stuff will come out after the season, but I hope they understand the repercussions here. If they lose in this series, I think there's going to be some serious significant changes on this roster. You can't run the team back and hope for different results, especially in a, t- a season like this where the t- the finals is laid out for you. Like, you know, you either got the Knicks or Miami in the next round. You know, and the best team in the West is probably Denver, maybe the Lakers. I mean, all those teams are beatable. It was there for the taking, and they blew it if they lose uh, this
0: series. So so talk to me about this game, though, from, a I guess, a tactical point of view. If you're Joe Mazzulla, you obviously have a – you know, an Embiid problem, a James Harden problem. Um, so how would you, I guess, you know, set your lineup? Would you keep doing what he's been, been doing? Or would you kind of, you know, go like a double big type look with Rob and Al? Yeah, I probably would try the
2: double big look to get some more rebounds, get some more physicality, give Embiid some resistance. And and Christian, I didn't think they had maybe a James Harden problem in game five. They had a Tyrese Maxey problem. Like, they they don't know how to defend him, and they're giving him open threes. He took twelve threes in game five. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he takes that many threes, but obviously they left him open, and he took full advantage. He had six of them. And that's how I mean, he had thirty points. They've got to calm him down. If they get your your typical thirty points from Embiid, that's going to happen because he's going to get to the free throw line. You know, he's that he's just that good. And you and you cold hardened to in the twenties maybe. And you, you know, you got a shot. You know, but Tobias Harris can't get off. And, you know, Daniel House came off the bench. Like, they like not a, a, no Sixer had a bad game in game five. It was just like game one. And so the Celtics are just going to have to try something new. And they got to get stuff, get, get, you know, it's a matter of just getting stuff from production from the guys who haven't produced much. Derek White's been quiet in this series. Robert Williams has been quiet in this series. They haven't played Sam Howser much. Um, they, I'm sure we'll see some Peyton Pritchard. Like, he's got to throw everything in. You've you got to win this game. There's just too many repercussions for losing this game. Like, this is a game you've got to win. Tatum can't start 0 for 9 and then form it up in the second half. Like, a lot of good things have to happen for them tonight for them to get this win. They're capable. They're fully capable. And I don't think Philadelphia plays that well in game five because I think that was the best game of the series. But uh, you can't bank on that. You've got to take this from
1: them. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe Aggression. Fourier breaking down game six of the uh, Celtics 76ers series, which will be played tonight. I know Embiid is an MVP. He's a tough matchup for everybody, Gary. But how can the Celtics do a better job against him? Do you need more time, Lord? Do you need more Grant Williams? Do you need another body? And how much of getting after Embiid is, is continuing to challenge him in the lane and try to draw some fouls. It feels like, Gary, that at times, as soon as Embiid's in the middle, there isn't that aggressiveness to the rim, and that's got to be a part of trying to affect him, isn't it? Forcing him to play on that defensive end.
2: Yeah, you got to make him work on the defensive end. And when Al Horford goes 0-7 from three, Embiid becomes, becomes a free safety, and he just you know lurks. He, he's not afraid of... Horford hitting shots, and Horford had a bunch of open looks and just missed all of them. That's a bad thing. Secondly, on when he's on offense, you gotta send someone closer to him. You can't just give him the open fifteen footer. Okay, like Embiid is a great mid-range shooter. I think we saw that when he scored fifty-two against the Celtics. Like he's not the guy. He's not Shaq. Okay, uh, in terms of like he's not gonna get on the block and just and just literally dunk on you twelve times. He'll he'll pitter-pat, you know, he'll jab you to death with mid-range. That's his game. He uses the glass. Like, so you can't do this drop coverage, you know, and protect that he might drive to the hoop and then give him an open 15-footer. It's just too easy for him. I thought the the Celtic defense against him was was, was putrid. It was just – it allowed him to get comfortable. I mean, and you're just going to have to give something up. Like, double him if – you know, Niang and Harris sometimes hit threes. That's what you're going to have to deal with. But you just can't let those guys get threes and then also let Embiid get two. Somebody's got to get stopped. Somebody's got to get contained. You know, and, and, and Embiid wasn't amazing the other night. I think it was nine for 22, but he got to the free throw line. Remember that 30-second you know, transfer, Grant fouled him twice uh, shooting jumpers where he, he was just leaving. Like, that can't happen. Like, the Celtics were in the bonus, I want to say, in the second quarter, a chance to make a run for, like, the last seven minutes. and, the, and it, But it was the Sixers took more free throws during that last 6.50 or seven minutes than the Celtics because Embiid got to the line a bunch of times. Like, you can't give them easy points. you got to make it hard on them, and you've still got the knee issue. Make them work on defense. Make them chase guys or have them clear out the middle because at this point he's standing there in the middle – and as you guys can see, the Celtics are afraid to attack the paint because they're afraid to get their shot blocked. Sometimes you're going to have to get it blocked. Sometimes you got to challenge him and try to get a damn foul. I mean, you can't be, you know, he's not Godzilla there. Like you got to literally <laughs> challenge him. And, and, and if he blocks it, you, you got to take, you know, it happens, but you, you can't sit there and avoid him at all costs. And then take a bad shot.
0: So we're talking to Gary Washington, the Boston Globe. Now. So, um, Gary so when a when a guy like Tatum gets the yips and he just he's starting off slow right he just you know the last two games he started off slow and you look at his stats from game 5 you're like wow 36 points wow but it still felt hollow how does a guy like that i mean i guess break his like you know crappy starting streak like how does that how do you even like convince him like to, to break himself out how does that even work
2: He's got to get to the rim, get to the free throw line, get a couple of layups, get his confidence, get a little mid-range. He's a good mid-range shooter. It doesn't necessarily have to be threes, and it seems like Jason's forcing threes, and obviously they're leaving him open and because he, he's missing them. They're going to wait till he hits some, and he's shooting, what did I say, I think 30, 30% in the series from three. Like They'll take that. Um, they'll take him missing seven out of every ten, and, and knowing that, they will probably get the rebound, and, and then that's an empty possession. So the Celtics have to find a way to get Tatum just some free for some hoops, like easy buckets, free throw line, you know. And then they got to get Jalen going too. Like they need to punch first here. They can't start off slow. I mean, they can't fall behind. The crowd's going to be rocking. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. You know, the Sixers haven't beaten the Celtics in playoff series since 1982. So they feel this, and in the, the Sixers, have not won a title in 40 years. So they're hungrier, and have long, you know, had this hunger for a title. And this is their best chance with the with the MVP with James Harden playing well. Like they feel it. So the Celtics are going to have to do something different, and Tatum is going to have to be the first team All NBA guy. Like this is this is what first team All NBA players do. If you're a first team All NBA player then you have to play like it when it counts. The pressure on Tatum.
1: Gary, um, I know that it doesn't pertain to tonight per se. However, with Jason Tatum and now Jalen Brown both being named All-NBA, they're eligible for extensions that would total over $600 million. To tie in tonight, if the Celtics lose tonight – do they look at that potential financial commitment to one of the Jays or maybe even both of them a little differently if things go south tonight?
2: Yeah, I think they have to determine whether – I think they've determined they both can play together. I think they have to determine how to improve the supporting cast perhaps. So I think if they say, okay – because remember, Brad Stevens is lobbying for for Jalen to get All NBA. They know the Celtics know they got to pay Jalen almost three hundred million dollars. They knew that that was, was going to happen if when he got All NBA. They know that's on the table, and they've been preparing for this for years. And everybody knows that that Tatum's going to have to be re reup next year, and it's going to be over three hundred million. Okay, so you're going to have you know six hundred million over two guys. So they have to figure out okay if these two guys can play together. How do we help them become a championship team, a legit championship team? Is it moving another player in the rotation? Is it making you know getting another all star getting another a productive big man and, and figuring that maybe Robert Williams and the forty five games a year and the maybe that just doesn 't work long term in terms of being a starting big man? Get another starting big man. What do you do to enhance the roster and obviously owing 600 million of those two guys they are going to be financially limited. They're going to be swimming in a luxury tax. So there's some, some real financial commitment that's going to have to come from ownership. And I feel like they feel like they've done that. They re-upped Smart. They re-upped Williams. They just extended Al Horford. They got acquired uh, Malcolm Brogdon makes 21 million a year. They acquired Derek White, who makes 17 million a year. So they feel like they've invested. So that's what makes this more, even more frustrating, uh, if they're at the brink of elimination is that they feel like they've invested enough in this team to be a championship team. It might take more.
0: So, Gary, you mentioned, uh, you know, we're talking a lot about the Celtics. I'm just curious about, you know, on the other side of the ball, like the Sixers, one and seven in the last eight series clinchers versus Boston. There's got to be some stress level associated with them, especially Doc Rivers, like with his, like, history of coughing up leads with teams that he has coached.
2: Totally. Totally. It's a big game for Philadelphia. They're going to be on, you know, and they don't want to go back to Boston. They don't want to go. They know that if they play another game in Boston in game seven, all the pressure, the, the chances of them winning are not good. So they have to get this tonight. And uh, as our friend asherah Blakely pointed out on the podcast I did with them, this is the first game in the series, maybe you could say game four, but the first game in the series they played for, with, with real pressure. But Celtics have had all the pressure in the series Game one, oh, you got to win because Embiid's hurt. They lost. Game two, you can't lose both at home. Game three, you can't lose the first in Philly. You're going to get buried. They won that game. Four was sort of like Philly having to win to, to to avoid you know being in real trouble. But this is the biggest game. I mean, they're saying here in Philly in, in, in Embiid's career, so these guys are feeling pressure. They don't feel they they're not going in this. Well, oh, we got two to win one. Like remember the the, the 2010 Celtics did that. And they gave away that game six in L.A. in the finals, and they end up losing game seven when Kobe had all those free throws in the fourth quarter. That's one of the more regrettable losses in Doc's career is that game six. They scored 67 points in that game. If you guys remember that 13 years ago, they just gave it up. They entered that mentality that we got two to win one. And, yeah, the Sixers do, but they want to win at home. They want to make it easy on themselves. They don't want to take two days off and go back to Boston – for Game 7 in a washish atmosphere. Now the Celtics have their swagger back. They feel like they, they need to get one win and they can move on. So this is a huge game, as you said, Christian, for the for Philadelphia. A lot of pressure.
1: Gary, I thought one of the things that Philly did masterfully in Game 5 was control the pace, control the tempo, and in a way they ended up controlling the officiating Does that still apply tonight, or do the refs just kind of get out of the way? What are you expecting from that end? We know officiating comes up all the time when certain names are connected to closeout games. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and some of these guys aren't involved. It's it's a crew that should be pretty decent, okay? Um, Yeah, I just think both teams have to be aware of officiating. The Celtics especially have to avoid, especially Jalen Brown, the early fouls, the kickback fouls the loose ball fouls, fouls that don't mean, you know, sometimes it might be good to allow just to lay up as opposed to getting the, your second foul in the first three or four minutes and, and things like that. Um, it, to me, it, it's just, it, it's, it's a psychological battle. Like, Doc is has Doc is outcoached Joe Mizzou. I think anybody will say that. And the one thing I noticed Doc did, Gresh, in game five was, the minute the Celtics got a little momentum, he called timeout. Yeah. Like, nope. No, nah, no, nah, you're not getting no nope, two bas- two baskets in a row. Too much. Nope, you're not you're not taking control here. You're not getting back in this game. I'm going to call timeout. Get a good after timeout play. Give Embiid, Harden, or Maxi a good look, and we're going to stop this. And that's exactly what happened. He controlled the tempo. He slowed the game down because the moment the Celtics are. Getting to that point, they scored a couple of buckets. And remember, I mean, and they also didn't hit any three-pointers. If they hit a couple of three-pointers. The game's different. The Celtics probably – it's a much closer game. If they hit two, three, four more three-pointers, obviously, then they're – instead of behind 12, they're behind, you know, five, six, four. So it's a, it's a manageable game. They can come back in the fourth quarter. But the fact that they didn't get any, you know, those three-pointers off the break, they didn't move the ball – they weren't doing that, and they were getting twos, And then the moment they got a couple of twos together, Doc stopped that. And I think that's how he managed the game. You know, Joe has got to figure out a way to outfox the old fox. I mean, that's the way it is. And this is a big challenge for Missoula, and he's getting a lot of heat. Some of it's well-deserved. And maybe this is the learning curve for a first-year coach. But, you know, he's got to make some adjustments to Doc's adjustments. And he's got to figure out, okay, you haven't seen this before. This is what we're going to unleash on you for game six. You deal with that.
1: Great breakdown from Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Gary, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the hell out of tonight, and uh, hopefully we've got plenty of reason to keep talking here in the month of May into June. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, this Gary. Gary Washburn of the Globe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,